the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Thursday, December 1st, 2022. I am Seth Liebson. 602-508-0960 is your access to entry. 602-5089-60. Anything on your mind. Last hour, I threw out a bunch of stuff. Uh, everything from... Uh, Let's see, everything to uh, Victor Davis Hansen's uh, most recent piece on what you would do if you wanted to destroy America. How many people actually in this audience will read that and say, yeah, that's right. But also how many people in this country will read that and say, I agree with those things. I agree with those things you think are destroying America and what that means for our politics. We have to learn how to talk with these people. If we don't learn how to talk with them, we better learn how to understand that they exist Hundred, oh, I'm sure over a hundred a million of them do who who agree with all the all the progressive neo Marxist policies and thought that's going on in this country. Uh, we're going to have to learn how to how to come to grips with the fact that we exist in a country with tens and tens and tens of millions of people that see China and say, "Yeah, I understand, I get it." Not people that look at China and say I'm horrified. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. Happy to pursue that with you. Happy to talk a little bit about um, or anything, any, any amount you want. I talked about the Kanye West interview with Alex Jones today and a few other things. One of the articles uh, I was reading this morning was from an old friend of mine. We'll try and get him on next uh, next week. I think he's on travel. Uh, Rick Hess is uh, education reformer based out of Washington, D.C., really smart guy. He had a piece, How Conservatives Can Lead on K-12 Education. And it struck me for a couple thing, for a couple reasons. One is, um, you know, now that we have won some school board seats, uh, you know, these candidates that have now become school board members or will soon become school board members, they're great. But uh, we have to understand that we can't forget them. You know, they're <laughs> they're they're fighting. They're fighting a. Um, shall we say, a state that might even be deeper than what exists in Washington, D.C., the education bureaucracy. William Bennett once called it the blob in, uh, when he was secretary of education. And uh, it's, 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 it's a hard thing to fight, and it's a hard thing to push against. It put me in mind of something Mike Pompeo, former secretary of state, former congressman Mike Pompeo, uh, said uh, a couple weeks ago, we quoted it recently, Dennis Prager quoted it recently, which is that when he's asked who the most dangerous person in the world is, he doesn't say Chairman Kim or Xi Jinping. He says Randy Weingarten, who is the head of the National Education Association here in this country, at least when she's not traveling abroad, she's the head of it here in this country. And listener slash writer Charles, many of you know who I mean by that, Listener Charles uh, wrote a piece about that uh, because Mike Pompeo actually put more to it than that quip, that excerpt. 
He wrote a piece in the uh, New York Post explaining why he says Randy Weingarten is the most dangerous person. I'd like to go through it with you. He wrote, I fear America is on a path to disintegration due to persistent failures in our education system. Uh, yeah, I got it wrong. I said NEA. I meant AFT. American Federation of, of, of uh, Teachers President, AFT. American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten and her fellow travelers have crippled our nation's schools. The danger she presents to our nation is clear and real and exceeds that of all the bad guys I battled abroad for four years as Secretary of State and CIA Director. I said she's the most dangerous person in America because it's true. Her power, her ideas, and her anti-student policies must be confronted. Weingarten has called this claim pathetic and insinuated that I, having made it, am extreme, anti-LGBTQ, and anti-Semitic. She suggested my work as America's most senior diplomat was a failure, when in fact we made America far safer and more prosperous than President Biden has been able to do. Her personal venom, Pompeo writes, evidences an unwillingness to defend what she has wrought on our children and our nation. I'm prepared to debate her and to present to the American people my case for the risks she presents to our republic and our nation's future. Xi Jinping steals American jobs and technology as he poisons our nation through the provision of fentanyl. Vladimir Putin plots the destruction of NATO. Kim Jong-un improves his missiles. The Taliban plot acts of terror. Iran's leaders order the murder of innocent women while its military amasses the components necessary to manufacture a nuclear weapon. As Secretary of State, I fought these threats beyond America's borders. Now we must confront America's decline at home. As James Madison put it, the advancement and diffusion of knowledge is the only guardian of true liberty. This observation must be heeded, as historian Will Durant critiqued, quote, a great civilization is not conquered from without until it has destroyed itself from within. I believe the future of our republic will not be written by our enemies. Indeed, America is more likely to be lost if we do not retake our schools from radical and progressive forces. Elements in our midst are betraying our children's future by denying them the opportunities education offers failing to teach math, science, real history, and civics, and importantly, to imprint America as the most exceptional nation in civilizational history on the hearts and minds of the next generation dooms America and the world that counts on us. I want to take a pause and point something out about that paragraph. Let me reread it before I point it out. I believe the future of our republic will not be written by our enemies. Indeed, America is more likely to be lost if we do not retake our schools from radical and progressive forces. Elements in our midst are betraying our children's future by denying them the opportunities education confers, failing to teach math, science, real history, and civics, and importantly, to imprint America as the most exceptional nation in civilizational history on the hearts and minds of the next generation dooms America and the world that counts on us. The point I want to make is until 50 years ago, in fact, even into the 1980s, almost every liberal in America would have agreed with that. In fact, one of the most important books at the end of the is really probably came out around 1990, I'm guessing, 89, 90, 91, one of those years, was called The Disuniting of America. And it was written 
by Arthur Schlesinger, Jr. He was a professor at Harvard and a Kennedy speechwriter, John Kennedy speechwriter, one of the great liberals, one of the great liberal intellectuals of the second half of the 20th century, perhaps the whole 20th century, given his body of work and impact. And his whole book was worried about, his whole book was a, was a tome issuing his concern about what the title said, The Disuniting of America by Our Emphasis on Things. American society was never built to protect or enhance, like cultural and racial inferiority and superiority, the notion of diversity being elevated beyond intellect to crude racial characteristics. Liberals, liberals believed all this stuff. Liberalism is pretty much dead in this country unless you're a conservative. Liberalism, I'll say it again, in this, liberalism in this country is pretty much dead unless you're a conservative. I could probably name five prominent liberals. They don't exist much anymore. They're an endangered species in this country and in this culture. Leftism, not so much. In fact, it suffuses the culture in this country. Liberals, liberalism, not hardly at all. A couple of them are law professors. A couple of them are bloggers. And I think I would have a hard time getting you more than five. Barry Weiss might be considered one. Bacha Unger Sargon, Jonathan Turley at George Washington Law School. Alan Dershowitz and Joe Lieberman. A couple of them are getting up there, though. They're not quoted much anymore. They're not around as much anymore. And it's not just even that they're aging out. It's that the liberal outlets that they used to write for, the Atlantic Monthly, the New York Times, that sort of thing, they don't want them anymore. They don't want them anymore because they're seen as too conservative. It's been about two months ago when I interviewed Alan Dershowitz and I mean, Bill, how, how, how long did he go on? Probably for about literally two and a half minutes on all the organizations that have canceled him, that he used to be their chief, you know, speech, uh, not uh, chief speech giver to, you know, speech, um, speeches he would give as main and big fundraisers for them. You know, their big gala speaker. He spoke for like two and a half minutes just Rattling off name after name after name of publication and organization that canceled him. Anyway, let me come back to what Mank Pompeo said when we come right back. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. I'm reading from this Mike Pompeo piece where he, uh, as described, Randy Weingarten, the head of the American Federation of Teachers, uh, as the greatest threat to America. And uh, and uh, I'll, say, I'll say the same thing about him that Dennis Prager said about him. I don't want him to run for president, Mike Pompeo, but my esteem for him went up with this positioning. Let him run for something else or let him serve again in another cabinet position. But uh, I want this field narrow. I want us to lock down our nominee early. Early. I want us to do what the Democrats seem to be able to do so much better than we do, which is 
figure out who's got the best chance of winning, circle the wagons around that person and propel them, and then realize once we have that person. The lesson that Ronald Reagan taught that we never fully learned, I think, which is my 80% friend is not my 20% enemy. And the nice thing about the Republican Party and the conservative movement is I don't think we're talking 80-20 anymore. I think when we're talking about differences between Republicans and among Republicans, I think it's a much narrower margin. 90-10 is something more like it, I would say. In many cases, it's 95-5. In many cases, it's 98-2. The... Um, the fetishism of small differences needs to needs to be tamed a bit, I think, if we're going to win elections. Winning elections, yes, actually, that is important. It's not just passing some kind of purity right or purity test. It's winning elections. In any event, you can do it with a very pure conservative positioning. You can do it with a very pure conservative message. But in the marginalia of differences, it doesn't mean you're not a conservative and it doesn't mean you're not a Republican. It means you have a slightly different point of view on a small issue that you shouldn't elevate to be more than it is. You want to start beating the Democrats? Learn from them. Learn from them. How do they do it so well, and why can't we? It's not that hard to figure out. It really isn't. We talk about it every two and every four years, and then we complain about it as we lick our wounds because we don't tend to do anything about it. Anyway, Mike Pompeo, in his uh, piece in the New York Post, writes, As living rooms became classrooms during the pandemic, Randy Weingarten demanded more obedience. Parents witnessed the failures of an educational system that allows students to be placed last. Our nation's teachers do not wish to fail their students. Most are wonderful, industrious people forced to deviate from teaching course subjects to focus on issues that activists prize. Despite those teachers' efforts, students in China now outscore our children across the board. America's students are severely, severely deficient in mathematics and science, vital in a technological age. Nations that spend a fraction of our per-pupil costs outpace the United States in educational attainment. The Program for International Student Assessment, known as PISA, to educators out there, recently evaluated more than 70 countries. American students ranked 35th in math. 16th in science, 11th in reading, behind China, behind Estonia. Do we even know where that is? Behind Poland, behind the Republic of Korea and other nations. All of this on Randy Weingarten's watch. And now it's worse. That, assess that assessment was conducted before the school lockdowns Weingarten helped engineer. The National Assessment of Educational Progress, NAEP, or the nation's report card, came out this year, and it recorded the largest ever drop in mathematics scores. Interminable lockdowns and wokeness-focused curricula led to the most significant decline in test scores since records have been kept. Our students were deprived of crucial 
in-person support, teaching, and learning. I have a list of about four things, don't I, that just simply are incongruous, simply don't make sense. Four big things in the wealthiest nation the world has ever known, in the most technologically advanced nation the world has ever known, in the most easily to access information, knowledge the world has ever known, our scores, our educational scores are in decline, not rising, declining. Drug deaths, poisonings are rising, not declining. We're re-racializing, resegregating, and the one that the one that should have everyone so focused is we're losing life expectancy. Unheard of in an advanced nation. Unheard of. Now several years in a row. In any event, Mike Pompeo continues, America cannot remain the world's leading economic and political force if these results continue. If the United States should fail because of the deficits induced by Weingarten and those who enable her request to change the nature of our country, the world will enter a phase dominated by tyrants. Our alliances will be jeopardized. Our self-interests will propel nations to partner with others not in decline. The focus on indoctrination over education is why Weingarten and the leftist establishment she represents are so dangerous. Their malfeasance directly empowers Xi, Putin, Ali Khamenei, who look to our schools to accelerate the decline upon which they build their global narrative. Education is vital to making the American dream possible for our children to attain. If institutions betray student and parental trust, we must build new avenues for true learning to flourish. Parents must be empowered to make educational choices for their children, not the government or teachers' unions. We must reward great teachers and fire those who are deficient. But this is something Weingarten will not allow, for the imposition of mediocrity defends her purview. Parents must insist on change, however. Students must come first, not the defense of incompetent teachers within a broken system. Critical race theory and the 1619 Project derive from Marxist concepts. They do not reflect the greatness and the power of the American experiment. Today, only one in three Americans could pass the citizenship test. The absence of the reverence for the Constitution and its laws, to borrow from Abraham Lincoln, risks what he called mobocratic rule. These repudiations of our nation foster division and ignorance, not reconciliation. There's more. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. I'm going through this Mike Pompeo piece because it is so crucially important. You know, um, we, 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 many of us and many of you, uh, more than even we here worked really hard to put some great people on our school boards, not just in, um, in, uh, in, in Arizona, but throughout the country. And the hard work was, of course, getting them elected. But the harder work is them having to fight, fight hard, a lot of different ingrained establishments in the education field. Um, not only the government uh, bureaucracies, not only entrenched leftism, 
but the unions as well, the teachers' unions. And that's why I think it's so important that this Pompeo piece get as much airing as it can. He nails it. He is writing basically a blueprint for the understandings, I think, of I, – I think a, a good blueprint, a really good blueprint for what the, for what the understandings should be of our newly elected school board members. He's talking about the division, ignorance, and worse that Randy Weingarten stands for, the American Federation of Teachers, and too many in the education blob. Students, he says, will not fulfill their ambitions through diversity training based on the color of their skin or their religion. They will realize their dreams in the world's interconnected economy by being able to compete successfully with young people in every other nation. To do so, they must comprehend the legacy they inherit. America's founding was a watershed in world history. Our nation is exceptional. China, Russia, and Iran destroy human initiative. America allows it to flourish. There's a parenthetical I would add. Objectively, China, Russia, and Iran, they don't have self-doubt. They're not as good as us. I'm happy to say that. But even if you feel uncomfortable saying our nation is exceptional, I hope you don't feel uncomfortable saying that. But even if you do, please understand we are going up against countries that don't have that kind of self-doubt about themselves. And they are retrograde philosophies. They are run by retrograde theocracies and Marxist theories that have little to teach the world. But they are convinced they are right. And we don't have those philosophies not fully, not yet, and we're convinced we're wrong. That's an important point to keep in mind. Pompeo writes, we must initiate new modes of teaching and not wallow in failure. Education success does not accrue from compounding mistakes. It results from excising constraints so that new growth can occur. Public schools must be required to compete for students with charter, private, and religious schools in addition to homeschooling for competition always improves performance. President Biden should demand a renaissance in America's schools, but he's too indebted to Weingarten, her union, and other special interests to do this job. The result is a circus of malpractice that is robbing our children of their future and puts the very concept of America as laid out in our Declaration of Independence and Constitution at grave risk. Who are the beneficiaries of Weingarten's vision of education? Union bosses, bureaucrats who multiply beyond function, and our adversaries. What she, Putin, and Khamenei could never accomplish on the battlefield, they are reaping in America's classrooms. If Weingarten and Ariel continue to control our schools and universities, we will lose our country, for it will become indefensible. She dissembles, knowing that an echoic media will front for her. I look forward to the opportunity to defend our republic against America-hating leftists that have occupied the commanding heights of our schools as opposed to the parents who so desperately need teachers to stay on our mission. He ends the piece. Randy Weingarten, will you accept my challenge to debate? She won't. She won't, and she'll have three reasons. One of them is she doesn't think 
giving a platform to a racist bigot like Mike Pompeo is a good idea. She thinks he's wrong. will be the second one. And she doesn't want to air misinformation. They love that. And the third reason she'll give is that Mike Pompeo is an anti-Semite. Love that. Just because you have a last name that sounds ethnic or foreign and you criticize someone, you're automatically an anti-Semite. They do this with George Soros all the time. All the time. Funny how they never really do it with Prager or Shapiro, huh? Be right back. If you are concerned with stock market volatility, why refi has a great solution with you. They have a portfolio you can invest in with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market. It's a portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, and there's no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Your interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, and there are no fees. This is a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate that is up to 10.25%, up to 10 and a quarter percent. YReFi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34. That's 888-YREFI-34. These guys are based here locally. I know them well. You can visit with them. They won't give you a sales pitch. They just like talking about what they do and letting it speak for itself. Loot is in Phoenix. Hello, sir. Hi. How are you? Uh, I needed to – just fine. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm fine. Good. Good. Um, the reason I called you mentioned before that uh, Joe Biden screwed up the uh, uh, shameful removal of the soldiers from Afghanistan. I do agree with that wholeheartedly. But uh, there's one more uh, issue that I need to add up. You know, um, Obama initiated, Donald Trump mediated it uh, based on the uh, based on the meeting back in uh, Qatar with the uh, Taliban. And uh, Joe Biden, as he said, and he was right, he was the final president, you know, to take that shameful act. I mean, there was no reason for them to intervene the Afghanistan issue after the removal of the Soviet Union, but they did. If they did, they should have done it, you know, completely and complete the mission. Unfortunately, they didn't do it, and they did it exactly like what they did back uh, in seventies uh, in uh, in uh, South, uh, far far uh, far East Asia. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. I appreciate it. I, 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 the large point, if I, if there's a takeaway from what you're trying to say, what is it? What is it I need to absorb? Uh, the, the, the issue is that the foreign policy will never change. Obama, Democrat, Joe Biden, Democrat, uh, Donald Trump, Republican, the policy still the same. So the Taliban. Uh, flourished in all three uh, uh, presidencies, and the Taliban was beaten up by uh, the uh, uh, junior uh, uh, Bush. And policy will not change. You think there was? Do you That's think? Do you think there was no difference in foreign policy between uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump uh, when it came to, let's say, the Middle East or? I mean, you do have to admit, don't you? You do have to admit that uh, that as opposed to Barack Obama, 
we didn't uh, invade and bomb another country uh, that we had not already been in the theater with, as he did with Libya. And we didn't remove well, allies uh, that, like Obama did, as he did in Egypt. Uh, you have to, okay. you have to, you have to credit the notion that um, he didn't farm out our Middle East policy in Syria to Russia, and you well, have to credit Donald all, Trump, I think, too, for being the kind yeah, of president of that all, other countries knew they couldn't do things like invade Ukraine with. And you have to give Donald well, uh, Trump credit for arming policy. Ukraine when they wouldn't, uh, when the previous administration wouldn't. You have to give Donald. Trump credit for not evacuating from well, Afghanistan in the ignominious the way we did. And you, you probably have to give him credit no, Donald, for getting Donald Arab Trump countries to recognize one. Israel. No, I'm sorry for interrupting. Well, go ahead. You might cut me off, you know, but Donald Trump I, was I've the never one cut. That no, he, go ahead. You want to start okay, over? I'll, uh, he, I'll, I'll do you. I'll do you better than you did me. I'll let you start over and make the point you're trying to make. Yeah, because I was scared. Probably you cut me off. Yeah, I don't care what you were scared of or not. This is how we communicate. uh, I I wasn't done talking, but I'll let you talk. I'll let you talk. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Donald Trump exercised his biggest uh, 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 bomb in Afghanistan by the name of Daesh. Daesh, Taliban, these are all created. We do understand. Everybody knows it. But Daesh is, is just a question. Daesh, just just a question, Lute. Daesh is ISIS, right? Daesh, Daesh is ISIS. Okay, indeed. so okay, indeed. so what are you saying? That didn't okay. that didn't come up on Donald Trump's watch historically. That's just not true. No, let okay. me let me back up here. Okay, let me back up here. Okay. All I'm saying that on foreign policy, as for Afghanistan, not the Middle East you mentioned before, as for Afghanistan, foreign policy in general doesn't change. Obama initiated it, Donald Trump mediated it because he started you know, the a meeting with Taliban in Qatar. I mean, let's, uh, let's not deny it. I, I don't and, deny it, but he didn't, he didn't go through with it because the Afghanistan didn't fulfill the obligations that were part of that meeting he had. Biden did. You have to admit, Lute, you have to admit that it's an odd argument that the one single solitary policy of Donald Trump's that Joe Biden would not reverse was what he had to do with Afghanistan. You have to admit that that's an odd argument to make, don't you? Well, there were some differences, indeed. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying... Oh, one happened and one didn't. ...presidency and Democrat. One however, happened and one didn't. However, however, the foreign policy that they admitted, you know, by saying Ashraf Ghani, you know, the president, whom, uh, whom has proved enough to the people. However, there were some other resisting forces that have been provocated not to let him just go and, uh, and execute his agenda. I mean, there were so many big stones in front of Ashraf Ghani that was put in front, and he couldn't do it. But still, he was very patient enough that politically, he was very, very advanced than anybody else there in that land uh, uh, to 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 avoid his uh, all and uh, 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 adversaries, but you know the United States quite fr- uh, truthfully and quite honestly didn't allow him to uh, uh, to run the agenda. That's the way I see it. Do you think? Um, do you think uh, Joe Biden would have killed Qasem Soleimani? Oh well, uh, I I had lots to say. 
but I'm not going to comment on those. I'm just in. Well, you you were just making the point, though. It is interesting. You were making the point that the foreign policies don't change. They're all the same, regardless of the president. And I I just don't think that's true. With in regard to Afghanistan, exclusively with regard yes. to Afghanistan. Okay, all right. Okay. All right. One withdrew ignominiously and led to the loss of a lot of lives, and one didn't. I'd say that's a big difference. One gave up a billions and billions and of dollars of uh, of, uh, of American weaponry and an embassy, and one didn't. One gave up billions of dollars worth of guns, tanks, and planes, and one didn't. One turned the government over to the Taliban and one didn't. I think those are at least five really big differences, really big ones. And we're just talking about that country. Okay, thank you, though. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Sam Stone will be joining us in uh, in a few minutes uh, for the uh, the next hour. Uh, he's just great. He's candidate for city council. He's so much more than that, though. Of course, he has his own show here on Saturday afternoons at three uh, with his friend Chuck. But I, um, I just can't tell you how how great it would be to have someone like Sam in office. You know, uh, not all the elections are over. The city council race. It was one of these interesting things where there's a runoff between the top two vote getters, the way our municipal elections do it, unless someone gets over 50 percent. No one did because it was a crowded field. I don't remember how many were in the fields, five or six or seven, something like that. Anyway, Sam and uh, another uh, were the top two vote getters. So this election will take place in March. And it's an important campaign. It's an important campaign if our ca- if you think our capital city of Phoenix is important. Speaking of which, I want you to check out an op-ed in the Arizona Republic by State Senator Catherine Miranda. Uh, it's available online and probably be in the print editions uh, over the next couple of days, depending on where you live. It's a really good piece. Uh, I had a piece with my buddy Steve Twist, what, about ooh, two Saturdays ago, I guess it was? Uh, this is a great, great follow-up piece. Um, just to give you a sense, just to give you a sense of how bad the chronic homeless problem is here in Phoenix, in 2020, 500 homeless people died on the streets two years ago. This year, we're over 1,000. Most of those deaths are caused by drug poisonings, most of them. She writes, despite this human tragedy, many of Phoenix elective leaders, elected leaders want to continue down our current failed path. She gives you the idea of what that path is, and she outlines three overarching solutions to it, three overarching policy ideas that I'm going to do my best with Sam and some others I've been efforting this issue with, my friend Mark, Steve, others, Jeff, to do something about that. We'll try and reach out to Catherine Miranda and see if she'll join us. You never know where your next coalition is coming from, one of my bosses once told me. And uh, sometimes it's it's hard to argue with and overcome pure common sense. Oh, I know the ACLU's against it, and I know there are others against it. But uh, common sense has a way of working itself into the into the final and ultimate solution. What is it Jeff Goldblum said? 
Life finds a way. Common sense can find a way, too. I'm Seth Leibson. Don't go away. A lot more coming right up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.